Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous two-time champs and feel the power! It's a new day, yes it is! For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news in the home of the Beta Rank College Football Statistical Model. This is Brian Conger. Thank you for joining us. Week 9 of Pac-12 football is upon us. Our apologies for last week. I got COVID. I got COVID. It was um, it wasn't fun. Not going to lie. It wasn't, wasn't a jolly time. But I'm back and joined, as always, by Rob Bowen as we go through, um, really, uh, the um, not quite the home stretch, but... The, the beginning of the end of the middle stretch of Pac-12 football, and uh, and I'm excited to talk about these games. We got a lot of good ones on the slate, which was not the case. <laughs> I, I guess if there was one week, Rob, for us not to record, it was last week. Woof. Woof. That schedule was terrible. Um, yeah. How are you? <laughs> well, I mean, outside of the UCLA-Oregon game, right, which oh, yeah. looked beautiful on, on, on paper and then um, was not... It's not close in the end. <laughs> I still, I still liked it. I thought, um, I thought there was a lot of energy in that game. You had the, you know, every everybody's singing shout on College Game Day. They had the live duck. Yeah, the the, the two duck. It was it was the two duckheads with the live duck. That was that was great. I thought Eugene showed out. It was by far um, one of the more fun games that I've seen. It just in terms of atmosphere and the quality of the camera work and all that stuff. And um, I'm kind of glad we didn't record last week because I was probably going to go into a, to a bit about Oregon fans really feeling themselves about Bo Nix playing against Arizona and Stanford and like the Southern Utah accounting <laughs> department. But, but I, I just like, this was a resounding victory. I um, it's, it's great for Oregon. I really liked uh, the way that they were able to move the ball and a, a big win for the conference too. I was so glad to see this as one of the featured games. Yeah. I mean, we talked, I mean, <laughs> we talked about a little bit, right? Like um, UCLA's defense up until like had looked a little bit improved. They're, they're don't look improved right now. They said it's 72 overall, um, but they've been, they were great against the pass, right? Like uh, there were some folks that were really excited about Azizi Hearn coming in. <laughs> we tried to warn them, um, but they said at 87 against the pass. Like I would not, I, like I would still have some caution. It's like people are, um, people are going for like and saying like, oh my gosh, have you seen Jaden Daniels' numbers for LSU? I'm like, man, he played Florida and Ole Miss. Like, let's not get that excited, you know. <laughs> um, but I do think like Bo Nix has done everything you could ask against some very bad pass defenses. That's true, and and he's been able to get it done on the ground too. I, I I'm with you. I'm not a, a huge fan of UCLA's defense. I liked how up front they were pretty strong, you know, in the terms of yeah. being able to stop Utah. But um, Oregon did whatever it wanted all the time, every time, and and yeah. so so did UCLA for parts of the game. But uh, they weren't able to finish drives, and Oregon was. And this was a big game with a big time environment, and you know the difference between uh, what Oregon's able to do, and I think some programs that haven't made that leap in the conference is you get college game day at your campus in a big time game. And they're oftentimes like I, those are sometimes the games that I want to bet against if the team hasn't been there before. Um, Oregon's been there before and they were just able to take care of business um, in a top 10 matchup. And now they have like a, a very, very outside chance of, of getting the college football playoff and that's good for the conference. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, I, the, the, I don't think people are going to hold <clears throat> that uh, loss that they had in particular um, against uh, Georgia. Again, that you know that much against them. It was early. You know, it was very early in the season. They've been rolling since, of course. Um, lots of teams are going to get smacked around by Georgia. I'll hold. Year. I'll hold it against them. That game was some bullshit. 
Like <laughs> it was bad. I mean, it was really bad. I mean, let's not, I mean, it was a really, really bad looking loss, but it's, I mean, it also, it, what's also going to matter for Oregon too, though, is like, and, and this is true because I every mean, people, this is sort of like politics, right? Like the incumbent looks really bad against an unnamed challenger until, and then all of a sudden, like the person, you know, the, the, the challenger gets named and people actually look at their words and they're like, eh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like everybody, everybody is going to have some warts, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and this, and I mean, but like, let's not, I mean, you know, we should not, you know, just as we talk about, like, we should absolutely not write off USC as well. USC uh, has a remarkably easy schedule coming up until they get to UCLA. Um, you know, not that, I mean, Oregon is, is one loss ahead. I mean, they're definitely, you know, going to book themselves, you know, likely going to book themselves in the Pac-12 championship game pretty, you know, maybe sooner than anyone else. Um, but you know, like, you know, of the, of the remaining contenders, like USC, even, even though there are going to be some teams and Utah has the, the tiebreaker on them, um, USC schedule is really favorable. They only have four because like, they've already played Stanford. They have the fewest Pac-12 games remaining of any of the contenders, um, and their only real, you know, opponent that they have left that has a real pulse is is UCLA. Mm. I'm excited. I'm excited to see that train get real hot real fast. Right, because because you can score against well, you can score against Oregon too. That that's the thing. I think you know, like Oregon's defense sucks. Oregon's defense, like let's not kid her. Like so, this is not the year for Pac-12 defense. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Pac-12, the best defense in the conference is Washington State at twenty-seven. Oh my gosh, just awful. It's so it's so bad too because you take a look at the talent that some of the teams have. Um, yeah. And you just go home. Like, look, I know, I know Washington is kind of a paper. Well, it's, it is a paper tiger on, on defense. I don't want to, don't want to mince words there, but you take a look at some of the, the defensive line recruits that they brought in. You take a look at, you know, the remnants of the secondary that they had and it's just a mess. And you, you, you kind of look like I'm trying to squint and think like, is Utah number two? And they got to be in the thirties, I would assume. Right. No, Utah's not. And Utah's Utah's defense has been pretty bad. Um, number two is Oregon State. Oh my god. They sit at thirty two. And honestly, like like Mia Culpa, I was wrong. Yeah. Like turned out they had the right guy on staff. <laughs> you know, like but I mean like I we th- <clears throat> I thought Oregon State, given what they have with Smith on offense, should go out and get somebody and maybe spend the money. Um, it turns out that Smith knew what he had and he had somebody on staff that could, you know, largely turn the defense around. Um, and they've done a really good job. Utah's at 45. Um, and Utah really struggles with big plays. They're at 56 in, in explosive plays and they're not forcing a lot of three and outs and, and, and turnovers. They're at 53 and negative drives. That's great. Especially against the pass. Like to talk about like, I mean, Clark Phillips is, is fantastic, but, um, everyone else out there is not great <laughs> and they're not getting, and they're not getting much pass rush, right? Like, I mean, they're only at 27 against the run. So if you have a good running attack, as we saw with say Florida, you know, like you can absolutely lock up or, I mean, and, and, and to an extent too, like UCLA, you know, definitely was able to run the ball on them. You can run the ball against the Utes, but even more so like Dorian Thompson Robinson absolutely torched him in the air. And it's not like USC didn't too. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. One last thing for, for me, until we go into our previews and and going back in to look at what happened uh, this past week was uh, just fire David Shaw. I'm done. I'm done with this. Like (laughs) it's, it's reached that point. It it has reached that point. He has not made the change. It's too late to make the change. You should have made the change two years ago. You score freaking now now if you can't tell i had money on this game so i always take these games more personally but it's still but the still that the point the point sticks you score five field goals against asu and win the game like get out of my face like it, it's just it with with the talent they have at wide receiver with the quarterback that they have i understand the offensive line isn't good i understand that they can't run the ball but you right. can't score a touchdown against a coachless asu with emory jones as the quarterback like 
I was right. so mad that they won this game. Um, I, 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 at the very end of that game, Emory Jones has has the team going down, and and there was that catch where the guy's foot was clearly out of bounds, which was a bummer. But I I looked at that. And I'm like, for the love of God, please be in bounds and just fire this man and get it over with because you lose to ASU. I I think that that's that's another nail on the coffin. But like he's not right. going to change. Like there's there's no I. <sighs> I'm done. Like I, I just bring somebody else in, get some new blood. I think Shaw, give him a couple years, let him. I think he'll be great on a broadcast, and then bring him back into coaching. But not, not at Stanford, not the Pac-12. This, this program is is stupid, and I'm, I'm just furious that they won this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we're we both been pretty clear that like there have to be significant staff changes if you're going to retain Shaw. Um, but I feel like that's been fairly clear for years, yeah. right? I mean, it's not, and and he has not made any of those changes. So I don't know what to, I mean, short of firing Shaw, which seems unlikely, <laughs> you know, still like that's what's sort of crazy is like, it's going to happen at some point, but like it should have probably happened a while ago. Um, and offensively, they're a disaster this season. You know, like the defense has improved a little bit. Their pass defense is actually really good this year. Um, but they're struggling to defend the run, and their offense is terrible. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely time. Like, I don't know who Stanford's necessarily going to get. It feels like Stanford is probably going back to, like, where they normally are, you know, like prior to the Harbaugh hire and, like, the, the early part of Shaw, which is – like they were not good for an extended period of time. Bring back Ty Whittingham, man. Let's go. <laughs> that, that that was like a, a fun couple of years. No, I, I mean, he was a disaster, obviously at Washington, and then of course at, at Notre Dame. But um, yeah, I think it's time for a change. Um, looking looking at anything else? Anything else to mention before we break down these games here? No, no. I mean, I'm I'm excited to get back and get it. So like, there's there's some. There's, a, I mean, there's not a ton of good games this week, <laughs> um, because there's some real inconsistent matchups, you know. Like, but there's, there's a, there is one really good game this week. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, gross, because I thought there'd be some hipster games. There's, there's only one really, um, and it's on Thursday. All right, we'll get to that, and we're gonna break down every game coming up. We're gonna review every game that we just saw, and we're gonna do it right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. We're talking Pac-12 football. We're looking at week nine, looking at week nine, and looking back at week eight. And uh, Rob, where do you want to start here? Oh, let's do, should we do, should we do Oregon Cal? Let's do Oregon Cal. Yeah. We can talk, I mean, they're like, because like, then we do have some games like USC, Arizona, where they both had buys, and we get to talk about like their last games, which were a while ago. No, good call. And it allows us to get to dive deeper into this UCLA Oregon game. Um, of course, uh, Oregon 45, UCLA 30. A lot of offense in this game, not a lot of defense. Yep. Um, first of all, just big balls, Dan. Just going for, the, going for that onside. Steal that possession before it starts raining, baby. I love it. That was, that was, that took some guts. Um, but at the end of the day, even without that, I mean, I think Oregon wins this game. Bo Nix. 22 of 28, five touchdowns, no picks, plus 50 yards on the ground as well. Um, Oregon got what it wanted in the air, on the ground, and and so did UCLA. Although I I, I liked the the begin like the first three 
the first opening of this game is awesome. The first three possessions, right? Because the teams are going back and forth. But holy Moses, DTR threw like three interceptions in the end zone or close to the end zone in the course of about 10 minutes. And uh, and he was lucky they weren't picked off. He did get one interception in the game. Uh, but for him, 27 to 39, 262, two touchdowns, uh, you know, about 40 on the ground. I thought this game was fun, but you're right. I think it was kind of over by once that onside kick happened um, and, and yeah. Oregon went up again. I think that was kind of the, the beginning of the end. And it was just clear UCLA wasn't going to stop. Him. Yeah, I mean, that was the, I mean, like the difference in this game is that Oregon was able to hit a lot of explosives in the air. Um, UCLA ran the ball really well in this game um, for the most part. Of course, like the, the turnovers hurt, <laughs> you know, the turnover and then the onside kick. Um, those hurt quite a bit um, in this game. I mean, in a game that you lost basically by two possessions, right? Yeah. But um, <clears throat> UCLA, I mean, like the the main difference is you know the 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 ten point one per pass for Oregon versus the six point seven for UCLA, and UCLA has 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 been able to hit. I mean, like they torched Utah on big pass plays. Um, you know, and they just weren't able to hit them. I mean, Oregon. You know, un, like I swear, it, it, it like Chip Kelly's Chip Kelly's passing offense is like not. It's the same. Like I'm just like, how do you guys not see this coming, right? Like, like oh, it's gonna be somebody over the middle catching passes, right? Like his his deep pass, you know, his his passes that they tend to hit are generally not outside, you know, throws to the outside of the wide receivers that are you know your you know, your X or your Y. Um, and Oregon showed up and had a decent game plan to to limit those yards and and not give up big plays. And I, I thought that really worked um, in this game because UCLA had too many field goals, right, yeah. to be able to hang there. I mean, and really too, I mean, like if you combine like kicking field goals, you know, basically what amounts to two turnovers, like that's that's gonna kill you. Yeah. The other thing for me that stood out in this game was, and and we kind of knew it was the case, but you know UCLA. The, I think that front seven is actually pretty good and they didn't look good uh, against Oregon. And I think that's more of a testament to Oregon's offensive line and the ability to run the ball than it is uh, UCLA. Although, I mean, it does speak a little bit to UCLA, but uh, right. I, I just, I, I appreciated the dominance up front and we've, you know, it was something that Cristobal talked about and, you know, sometimes we saw, and sometimes I think we didn't see um, as well, you know, like there's, there was times with that Cristobal offense where they just didn't really run the ball that well. And you're like, right. why aren't you, aren't you supposed to be doing this better? Uh, not the case in this game and, and all year. And I think Bucky Irving's a, a part of it also, where they have a couple good backs back there. But um, really a big shout out to the offensive line and, and Knicks to be able to buy time or, or run. And I mean, just it's this is this is going to be a tough offense to stop for the rest of the year. Well, Oregon's offense grades out right now. It's number six in effective rush. And even if UCLA looks, you know, like looks comparatively better against the run, you know, like defensively, like they're at 56 in effective rush, like compared to 87, you know, against the pass, like you're going to get worked by a rushing offense, you know, that's in that range. Like UCLA's offense is still really good. I mean, they're, they're they sit at number nine offensively and like, the, the revenge of the Pac-12 this season is on offense because there are five teams in the top 20 on offense mm. um, nationally in the Pac-12 and beta rank. Um, it's like that, that I think is a, is, you know, is, that is the good sign for the Pac-12 when you've got that really dialed in there. Um, the trouble is like, you know, like UCLA's UCLA, the offense just couldn't quite keep up with what Oregon was able to do in this game. And that's like, this game was going to be a shootout. Um, and it, it largely did end up being one. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, when talk about shootouts is, I mean, we've been waiting for an Oregon wide receiver to emerge. And I know that Troy, like uh, Troy Franklin has, has been emerging this whole year, but we just haven't really acknowledged it. And, and I should this time, yeah. I mean, like he, he is a, tr he's the first true, number one wide receiver that I've seen in Oregon in like five years, like at least I have to go right. back and even think it might be past that, but really somebody where you're just like, you just know he's going to get at least 80 yards in like four or five catches. Um, and he, he exceeded that. He had eight for two touchdowns, 132 yards in this game, which is like not surprising <laughs> because uh, UCLA's secondary, not great, but also because Franklin's good and Nick's gosh, darn, he, he, he just, I think it was Franklin where he just dropped it. I mean, like, 
you know, sometimes it's it's a beautiful dime and, and the and the wide receiver's catching it on his forearms like it's a volleyball or he like, you know, he just dropped it right in his hands. So just, it was just a beautiful yeah. pass. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I was I was pretty excited about that. Uh, let, let's flip it over here to the other game. By the way, I went two and two on the week. I'm like two games over 500. I hate trading water. Really frustrating. But um, but but still still in the positive territory. Uh, uh, I, I had UCLA in this game, by the way. Um, this one this one coming up. So Washington 28, Cal 21. Um, I was on Cal in this game because and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Like there wasn't really a numerical reason for it. This was just the stupid Cal game. And I assumed because <laughs> there's always one, um, but it, but also it was like, it was at Cal. Um, right. Washington's defense is just hot garbage. Um, I didn't expect Cal to score on Washington. Like they did against Arizona. I thought that was also a dumb Cal game. Um, but I, I did anticipate them being able to score and doing just enough to, to halt Washington. And that's basically what they did. I mean, this game, I watched this game the whole time. It was dumb. Um, you have, you have, uh, uh, beast mode, you know, talking about the upper room. Uh, did you want yeah, like, my favorite part great. is he, he goes on and like, you know, they're interviewing somebody and, and, and he, and, uh, I, f- I forget who the other running back they had. Was. Uh, for set. Yeah. For set who's also like a legend at Cal as so they're like making these, uh, these innuendos to the upper room. And he's like, if you know what that means, you know what that means. And then it cuts to Rob Gilmore and like his, right. his assistant and his assistant's like, I don't know, Rob, this upper room sounds really cool. And Rod Gilmore's like, there are children present. <laughs> that's, right. that's the best part. <laughs> I, was really, I was like, Rod Gilmore knows what it is. Right. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's great. Um, He's cooler than I thought. Yeah, yeah right. right. Dude, even the NFL, he knows what's up. Um, ultimately, you know, this game was dumb, but uh, but it was played. And like, look, I thought Jack Plummer did pretty well in this game. Three touchdowns, seven point two, no interceptions. He's he's. I think he's consistently been pretty good, and um, I think better than Garbers last year. So let's be like, Cal's offense is god awful. They're at 107 overall, and this Cal team is really bad. But, like, there's just a couple things that just sort of, like, Cal played into played into the, strength, like the strengths and weaknesses in the game better than Washington did. So, Washington's defense is god-awful. They're at 99. But in particular, they're horrendous defending the pass. They're at 121 in effective pass. They have the worst pass defense in the Pac-12. So Cal figured out like, oh, throw the football, <laughs> you know, like, like Washington's defense is like 57 in effective rush. They have a little bit of a comparative advantage there. If you flip it around, like Cal's defense, which is like for how bad the Pac-12 is, is like decent-ish. They're at 63 overall, but they're at 45 in effective pass. They're at 83 in effective rush. And Washington just could not stop themselves from throwing the football. Like they just could not (laughs) Cal is less good against the run and Washington just could not figure it out enough. And like it bit him. I mean, there was like some, like, I don't know how many drops Washington had, but there were many. And the thing too, is like, to be fair, Washington did run the ball 32 times, but like 32 different people, got a got a rushing attempt oh. like it was just so weird to see how many people they were cycling in that game i thought it was fascinating well i mean it's like it's fascinating too because like what how bad washington is at running the football is to go up against this cal offense that, or cal defense that doesn't stop the run terribly well and certainly like in their game against like arizona you know like gave up some i mean they gave up some passing yards to arizona um you know but they gave up 5.2 per attempt to arizona in that game you know, Arizona's playing from behind. Um, and they, you know, like they certainly also let like Colorado run on them. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, like a crime <laughs> a little bit, but like they're, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I take that back. I guess they didn't like Colorado threw on them anyway. Like Washington just couldn't quite figure it out enough though. And that was really, I think the problem in this game was like, they just, they couldn't, they, they couldn't figure it out and throwing the football around and Cal really just like 
took advantage of like how bad Washington secondary is. And that's what like, I think makes this sort of like pac 12 season sort of interesting is like, and sort of unpredictable is that so many of the contenders have, I mean, because their defenses are so bad and they might have some like really glaring weakness defensively. Um, you know, like, it, it does leave like Washington is vulnerable. If they have any fall off in offensive execution, they're probably not going to hit their number um, for the game because the defense is not going to be there to pick them up. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, you know, looking forward here in the game that we have up because Washington, Oh, Washington is on a buy. Oh, that's interesting. Um, the game, we the game we wanted to match these up with is, was number eight. Oregon is playing Cal is that 1230 yeah. PM on Fox sports one. And the line is 17. And my, my worry here. So like if, if my initial knee jerk reaction here was that that's too many points with Oregon's defense, but I just don't trust Cal's offense. And, and I was, I was really struck by how much, uh, uh, plumber Jack, by the way, by the way, shout out to our friend, uh, Ralph Ampson, who, uh, who had one of his tweets, like, you know, posted on uh, ESPN or whatever channel this was on, uh, talking about how like Jack Plummer, isn't the, the, uh, like the grandson of uh, Jake Plummer or something like that. It was pretty funny. Um, I, I was, I was just shocked at how much he had to run around in this game. And that worries me when it comes to, to Oregon. Cause I do think Oregon's going to get to him and, I don't trust Cal's offense against like a, I, I'm not saying Oregon's defense is good, but I think it's better than Cal's. And I, I just, I think Oregon's going to get what it wants, um, even in a hangover game, because they'll be able to run the football. And I, I just don't see Cal catching up. Uh, what do you think? I agree. I mean, Baderink has this at Oregon by 20. Oregon's defense is 100% bad enough to. You know, like make a game of this, right? Um, but I think I think that you know, I mean, I I don't think Cal is going to be able, like, even as bad as Oregon is against the pass, they're at ninety-five an effective pass. I think I don't think Cal is going to like. They're not nearly in the range that Washington is, um, and I think they're going to be able to to slow Cal down. I think Cal sort of comes back to earth a little bit. Um, I like. I like, I really do like, uh, Oregon in this game in particular. I think they're going to be able to throw the ball and run the, like, I think they're going to be able to suck in Cal Cal's secondary by running the football. And that's going to do what they've done up to this point, which is it's going to open up the passing game. Yeah. I think the biggest question here is on the other side, you know, matching up Cal's offense against Oregon's defense to see if Cal can score. I mean, they're probably gonna have to score at least 30 in this game to win. Uh, well, I, I would say they'd have to score 35 to win. I don't think that's possible, but what, what do those matchups look like? So Cal's offense is at 107 uh, and beta rank. I mean, Oregon's at 75. This isn't a good defense, but what they like, they're better at like what they struggle with is getting off the field. Um, their drive efficiency number is not great, but they do a pretty good job limiting big plays. They're, I mean, comparatively, they're at 57 and explosive drives. They're, they're decent at turning, forcing three and outs and turnovers. They're at 36 in negative drives. And Cal is just bad across the board. They're at 101, 101, 98, 99, you know, for their, their core four beta rank metrics. Like, there's nothing really good that stands out. They're at 90 in effective pass, but 105 in effective rush. I mean, this offense has just really, really struggled to put up. I mean, other than the bonkers game against Arizona, and Arizona has the worst defense in the in all of power five by a lot <laughs> like Cal's offense is like almost non-existent. Like the fact that they were able to put up 21 against Washington, like that's a massive indictment of Washington's defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, I, I think, I think like my, my one worry is that this is at Cal and I do think, those types of games, there is a hangover effect here, right? They just beat UCLA at Autzen. Now they got to go to Berkeley to play this dumb team. Um, so th- there is a chance where this game is a little tighter than it should be. But I, I still think in most instances, Oregon ends up covering. I'll lay the 17. I'll take Oregon. It sounds like you're doing the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take the ducks here. I, I, I just like, I'd be surprised if Cal can string it to like, you know, hold it together with like, 
you know, scotch tape and bailing wire for another week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move over to the, the late game, the nightcap here, Stanford, the uh, three and four Stanford plays number 12 UCLA, UCLA not dropping too far after losing to Oregon, which is nice. Nice to see them. Can, I still think they're a really good team. Just it's nice to continue to uh, be in that top 15. The line on this game is 16 and a half. So it's similar to the Cal and, uh, and Oregon game. I, I guess let's start with UCLA. I mean, is there anything else that we want to say about their matchup against Oregon? No, I mean, we, we covered it. I mean, they like under the hood, like they did a good job moving the football around. They just, they couldn't keep up with Oregon. Yeah. I mean, we know who they are, right? Like they're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to run. Um, if DTR is playing at like, I mean, here's the thing with DTR was probably playing at like 65% capacity and still dropped like 30 on, on Oregon on the road, which I think is a testament to how much he's grown as a player over time. Or like a 65%, I'm not saying health, but just like, you know, 65% of how good he could have been, you know, he does that on the road three years ago and UCLA scores 14. (laughs) So it's nice to see him be able to move the ball. Um, This Stanford game was so dumb. And, uh, and it was really incredible. It, like, it was extremely frustrating to watch because it was really just bad football altogether. Um, you know, Stanford was able to... There were like barely any possessions in this game, too. Like both of these teams were practically killing clock. It was, it was, just, it was just strange. Um, Tanner McKee, 320 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. Emory Jones, uh, for reasons unknown, is still the starting quarterback at ASU. Um, and I, I think it's Burkett. I think I, I kept saying Burkett. I was trying to make him fancy. Um, I, I was surprised about that after, after what he was able to do. Now, granted, it was against Colorado or whatever. Um, he was he was able to put up a bunch of points. But I did think, you know, you got to pull the trigger. Like if Emory Jones is giving you two hundred, he's almost it's so it's so weird to say this, but like he's kind of Jane Daniels in terms of the stat sheet. You know, he's going to give you two twenty five, right. a touchdown, and a pick. And he's going to run for like 30 yards or 40 yards. And that's, that's it. That's what he's right. going to do. I'm surprised they haven't pulled the trigger, especially with a new coach. I know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, like the difference between him and Daniels is he's got a, his, his average per, compl- or per per attempt is, is higher. Like he is getting the ball down the field a little bit more and that can be helpful. I just, I think they like his athleticism. I mean, that, that's gotta be the only real reason. <laughs> But he doesn't run like that. That's the weird thing. He doesn't run. He he doesn't run enough. Like, yeah, he gets like, they don't, they like, and and they should feature him running more and the offense would work better. Yeah. I buy that. Um, you know, like on the other side, good for ASU for sticking in this game, the defense, at least Uh, just trying to, I mean, cause like, look, McKee in that passing game is tough, but man, it just, and I knew, like, I knew what I was getting into with with Stanford, and but it is what it is. Like, it hasn't changed. And when you're right. you're looking at this game, you're just going, "Oh my gosh, you can't finish a drive in your own twenty ever." Like, this is this is stupid. I mean, it's bad play calling. It's bad rush. You know, rush offense. It's bad offensive line. Call. It's the same stuff. It's the same thing over and over again. Um, I, I guess like the the be- the bigger story would be the ASU. Because if there was a win, this was it, right? I mean, like, you know, Sleepy Farm, right. they're giving away tickets. Um, you know, you had Elijah Badger have oh, go over 118. He had a beautiful catch. Um, but really, that's it. Like, there wasn't much to to put together against the Stanford team. That really worries me about ASU in the future. Yeah, I mean, ASU does not have, like, this does not bode well for them, um, you know, and, and what, they, what they're going to have coming up for sure. Um, I like, you know, and I, I think the defense, the defense hasn't quit, you know, like they're not, that's not to say that they're any good, but um, like they were definitely able, like in Stanford's offense, Stanford's offense is terrible, um, but they were able to slow them down. And like, they held me like, I mean, McKee threw the ball a ton, didn't complete very many and didn't get many yards when he did complete them <laughs> um, in this game. Uh, but this was, this was, this was a game that you kind of felt like ASU really needed to win, you know, um, because after this, you know, like 
they do get Colorado. So there's that, <laughs> you know, um, there's, there's every, unless you're, unless you're Cal, everybody's got a get right game against Colorado on the schedule. But after that, like there's going to be some tough, there's going to be three tough games in a row before you, I mean, and they'll have a real shot to beat Arizona. Um, but they'll, <clears throat> they'll have three tough games on a row in a row. And two of which where they're going to get, you know, two of the decent defenses within the conference, right? Like it can be really frustrating even after, you know, like the UCLA game having to go against Washington state and Oregon state. Yeah. This line I'm a little worried about. I think, I think UCLA is going to score. I mean, they'll probably score 45 on Stanford, but I don't, I don't know if I like that secondary after seeing what Bo Nix did to him. And like, we weren't, we weren't confident in the secondary anyway. I, I'm just I'm worried that this is like a hangover. Stanford is able to put up just enough to be able to cover the spread, but that's about it. But I don't know. Like my 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 knee jerk reaction right when I looked at this game it was was to take UCLA because I just like they're gonna do whatever they want on offense. Um, I mean, it definitely does feel like a game where you're like, all right, <clears throat> UCLA, you know, is gonna bounce back, and I think they will. I just think 15 is too many. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Like, you know, here, like, I just, I, I, I think, um, and it's been bet up. It opened at 15. And so people clearly don't agree with me. Um, but like beta rank has, this is 14 with UCLA at home. I mean, UCLA's defense is really bad, particularly against the pass. Um, I, and, and Stanford's offense, offense isn't anything great, but they're, you know, and like, and I guess the worry here is like Stanford's defense and Chip Kelly's smart. You know, like the worry here where this game could get out of control is that Stanford's run defense is really bad, really bad. And UCLA could absolutely line up and just knock them off the ball um, and have a game where they don't rely on DTR a lot and put up some really big plays. Um, and I think that's the concern. Like, maybe I will take, maybe I will take UCLA. Cause like Kelly's going to like, he will lean more into the run game. I think here instead of throwing it. I totally agree. It's just can right and and like to do to do the math here. If they do that, they will score forty, which means UCLA needs to get what like thirty or uh, Stanford needs to get like thirty four. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, like. I don't well, know. I mean, Stanford in order to, to. I mean, they would need to get if UCLA scores forty in order for Stanford to cover. Oh, twenty four. I'm sorry. Yeah. Twenty four. Yeah. I mean, I guess they they could do twenty four. Well, I mean, but here's the thing is like Stanford always slows it down. There are always fewer possessions in their games. Um, I'm going to take them. I can't believe I'm doing it. Uh, I'm not going to bet this game, but I, I think this is the dumb game where they're, they're airing it up. You know, you have uh, whoever their wide receivers are coming up and catching dumb balls. And, and like, I, I think, I don't think you, this game will ever be close. But I think right. 16 and a half is a lot. So I'll, I'll take UCLA. I don't, or I take Stanford. I don't like it, but. Um, if we're taking it again, 16 and a half, I'll take Stanford. Okay. It opened at 15, but 16 and a half is too much. Oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm going to change. Um, I was going to bet this up to 24. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take UCLA. I do think this could be the dumb Stanford game though. Um, you still want Stanford? Sorry, I didn't mean to, to pull the rug out from under you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take them. Okay. What the heck? I talked myself back into it. God, large spreads. This is not good. This is not good. Um, oh, it's the week. It's the week of, I mean, and there are some in here where I'm like, I can't like, yeah. like USC or Arizona. Like that didn't make any sense to me. Well, it goes into our theory that we said at the beginning of the, the podcast where the offenses are good and the defenses are awful. So... I get why right. the spreads are so long, you know, I just be, be aware a little bit of that Stanford game. I wouldn't necessarily bet it. I think UCLA is going to score so many points, but I do think there's a world where Stanford is just throwing the ball and able to keep up. So, uh, okay. All right. Next game. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it right after this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got you. I got you. You thought we were going to go into the third game, but now we will. We will. Let's do it. Thursday night. Getting a Thursday night game, Rob. We haven't had one all week. Usually it's Utah versus like, you know, Southern Utah College of Mines is usually like the the opening Thursday every year. But uh, but they were in Florida this year. God bless them. Um, Fox Sports 1, number 14, Utah, goes on the road to Washington State. The line here is eight. And I like that line, Rob. I thought it was a really smart smart line uh, i'm curious what you think i think that's too many points oh okay <laughs> do tell <laughs> so like beta rank right now has this like it would have it close to that on a neutral field but it's only got it at four and a third oh man um on the road for utah here and, like, one of the main problems here is, like, again, we're talking about, like, a defense that's actually, by the standards of the Pac-12, actually good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, like, Washington's defense is both good against the run and the pass. Um, they're decent at drive efficiency. They do a decent job containing big plays. Like, Utah, and Utah's offense, like, they're, 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 they're at 17. Like, they're going to score points. But this, like, I just, ex- I expect this Washington State defense to get some stops. And, like, Washington State has sneaky good special teams. They sit at number 10 in special teams right now. Um, <clears throat> but you flip it around and, like, That's the listen, problem. like, Washington State's offense is not great. But Utah's defense isn't either. Like, Washington State's offense is at 66 overall. They don't run the ball well, which is unsurprising. They're at 110 in effective rush, but they're at 32 in effective pass. But Utah can't stop the pass. You know, like, and look, Cam Ward, like. He doesn't pass the ball. There's tunnel screens. That's not passing. I know. Like, look, if Cam Ward, like, does his thing where he, like, only throws outside and doesn't throw over the middle, like, that would be bad, right? Like, maybe you actually throw to Clark Phillips in that scenario. Let's not do that, you know? But honestly, like, I don't trust Utah's pass rush to get a ton of pressure on him. Do you? I mean, they've been bad. Their pass rush stinks. Hmm. I don't think Washington State's offensive line is great. You You do see Ward running around a little bit. Right. I mean, but this, like, just on a pure raw points per drive perspective, like, Utah's given up 2.1 points per drive and they haven't faced like an absolute gauntlet of offenses yet or anything like that. Right. I mean, they got worked over by UCLA. Now Washington state's not UCLA, but like they also don't have UCLA's defense, (laughs) you know, like I expect Washington state's going to have some opportunities where they have some decent field position in this game. Um, And I think they're going to put some, I mean, like I look, I, I like the Utes to win. Um, but I don't like it by, I think it's by one possession. I wish eight it would, point, like eight yeah. points is like two possessions, right? Like that's the bet right there. Like it's more than a touchdown. I don't think they're going to win by two possessions here. And like, unless, unless like in, and of course like caveat, this of course is like Ward doesn't throw a bunch of turnovers, that kind of thing. Right. But like one of the things that we like about like, and, 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 and maybe here's your question. Do you think that Washington state is going to get, real pressure on Utah or that rising is able to escape that and find open guys. I think they'll put pressure on him for sure. Yeah. I don't, I trust the right side of that field when it comes to the secondary. I don't trust the left side. I, I, I think so, Wazoo's defense, I think Wazoo's defense is smart enough that like, I mean, Utah doesn't run the ball very well and they, they, they are still somewhat of a one-trick pony offensively in throwing the ball. Like, I mean, it's amazing that 
but he just couldn't figure out what was coming every time. <laughs> but <laughs> I think Washington State will. That was a great game, by the way. We we weren't able to talk about it, but that that game because because we were out last week, but that was a super fun game. Right. Going for two, like hot damn, that was awesome. Um, yeah. So so here here's my hesitation because I saw that eight two and I said, oh okay okay, on the road, Palouse is a bad place to play. On a Thursday um, in the Palouse. Yep yep. But <sighs> but here's the problem is that I don't trust Cam Ward at all. And I think the defensive scheme for uh, f- for Utah, they're 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 gonna let him throw the ball deep. Fine, beat us deep, right? Like they're 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 not stupid. They're, like you want to throw another, throw the ball deep though. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. They, like they're gonna you want to throw another t- another tunnel screen. Here you go. Like we're just gonna eat that up. Like I think I think. I just, oh, go ahead. I just I think that they're I think they're gonna snu- just snuff that crap out. I think they're gonna expose that defense that offense as just being bad. And oh yeah, like last year's Utah defense, I would say yes. This iteration, who, who on this defense other than Clark Phillips is that good? Yeah, like, that's not, like that's not, like yeah. I, and in particular, like they are really vulnerable against the pass outside of Phillips, like. Oregon State, like, don't throw interceptions to Clark Phillips. Like, you can score points on this defense. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and yeah, all right, all right. You talked me into it. I, I, I kind of like. I mean, Utah. like, like, I mean, Utah on a neutral field would be six, almost seven. But Washington State, I mean, they played in particular. Like, if you go look at their games, you know, where they've had, um, you know, where they've played you know, some decent passing, you know, defenses like they, you know, they, they held like, look, USC eventually really put them away, but they did a really good job against USC's offense for the absolute majority of that game, you know, like, and they traded shots with Oregon, you know, uh, you know, offensively. So like, they've done like, for the most part, done a pretty good job. I mean, like, look, Utah's got a good offense. Like they're not great though. Like this isn't like last year's Utah team. I just, I don't know. Like I, I, I think eight's too much. I think, I think the Utes win by like seven. I think it's one possession. Cause I also think Washington state's going to hold them to some field goals. Oh, I agree. They're, they're going to shut down the run. Like they won't shut it down, but they'll, I, I should take that back. They will make it hard to run Washington state's defense. Well, like, but Gosh, that offense yeah. is just so dumb. Um, all right. I agree. But, like, this could also be the game where, like, you know, Cam Ward has some time. Like, I mean, what, I, like, what's, what scares me about this, like, I'll say this, like, what scares me about this game, in particular for, say, Ward, is, like, <clears throat> is not the games where he's, like, he did pretty well against a bad, like a pretty bad Oregon defense, right? And then he did pretty well against a not great Cal defense, but a Cal defense that like, you know, defends the pass a little better than the run. And then he like stunk. He stunk against USC, right? And USC's defense is bad. That's the one that worries me. It's not like, and it's not even like you, like Oregon state has a decent defense. So like, he's going to stink right in that game. But it's that like, what worries me is like, he kind of stunk against USC. That's, that's what gives me a lot of pause coming into this one. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if the book's out, right? The 14 points, 10 points. I think people kind of know. I just, I just feel like you're going to get, you're going to get one of those seam. You're going to get two, passes to uh Kincaid uh yeah. and and like one more and that kind of puts them like, like I, I, yeah all right I, I just don't trust this offense I'm gonna take Utah I hear what you're saying on Washington State though that makes sense <clears throat> all right let's do the dumb bowl there's so many bad games here Arizona State on the road at Cal- Colorado this game is not as as one would have thought on ESPN plus it's on the U we made it to the U Arizona State is a thirteen-point favorite on the road, um, and I it feels like feels crazy. Like, to, like I mean, it does. It feels a little crazy, but but like, yeah. I, and I, I and 
it, it's it opened by the way at 15 and a half so people the money is coming right. in on colorado which is freaking, right. which is nuts um i don't know if asu's given up you think they go with Borquet? Borquette? I don't know. <laughs> Here's the like Colorado's defense is really awful. I mean like so Bader Rank has this game as is, is, is ASU sixteen. Um and so like there it definitely like you know sees it as a game that like, you know, ASU should be able to to get to. It's just it's I mean it's truly hard to put any faith in ASU. Um, but I also like, I also think that there's like a big difference. I mean, like, look, Colorado didn't quit against Oregon state. Um, and the ASU, I don't like, I think you'd be hard pressed to say that they had quit, but I think offensively, like ASU is going to be able to come in and run the ball against a really bad Colorado run defense. Um, they're at 127 an effective rush. ASU's at 57 an effective rush. Like, I think they come in and, and they are able to to run the football, and that's going to help. Um, look, in Colorado's offense is is almost non-existent. They're at 122 offensively. They're the worst offense in the Pac-12. Now they have, like, against Oregon State, they threatened to. They threatened to backdoor the Beavers a couple times. I, I, I wasn't scared. I was watching that game. Like, do it. Like, do it. Let me see you do it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, but they, uh, I mean, did they put up 200? I mean, but like a lot of these, like, like a lot of this was truly in like garbage time. But they turned the ball over four times against Oregon State. That, you know, like, Underneath the hood, again, this game against Oregon State was was still quite bad, but it was not as bad. I just, I, I, I don't know. I think this, like, I think ASU, like, we've kind of figured out where they're about, and they're about in this range. And it's only if, like, Colorado were to, like, really put it together for one game that I really would expect them to show up and handle it here. Let me just break down that box score real fast. JT Shrout, it's the fifty percent. He's throwing picks. Like they have nobody to throw the ball. I'm, I'm going to take ASU. You're going to give me less than two touchdowns. Who's scoring? Who's scoring on this team? I know they beat Cal. Yeah. I, I get it, but Cal's dumb. Cal's bad. Like, out, like I'm sorry. Like outside of, like outside of that game, basically against Arizona. Like Cal, if you look into their game, like I mean, maybe they take the Washington game, but like they have been really bad. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like they UNLV twenty to fourteen. You know, like Notre Dame is not good this season. Here's the one um, worry, though: is ASU ran for you know we're 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 depending on the run, and they did thirty four for one twenty eight against Stanford. That's awful. And hold on, Stanford's run defense isn't good. That's sort of a concern. Is that like Stanford's been lit up in other places against the run so far this season, and like ASU couldn't do it. I just think, I mean, Colorado, they have been. Although, really, like Cal couldn't really run the ball against them. I mean, Cal ran it. I mean, they stuffed Cal running. So let's maybe take a look back here. Like, is are they starting to put it together? Like, so they stuffed Cal running the football. They did not stuff Oregon State. No, Oregon no, State no, absolutely stuffed it down their throats running the ball. I don't know. I mean, like, I just think, look, Colorado's offense is so bad. Like, ASU's probably going to have short field. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like, I mean, like, look, Oregon State had a, like, what was the number? Like 24 or something like that last week. They covered it. Like, I think ASU, like, barring some mistakes, like, can get to, you know, what did, what did that open at? Oh, man, that opened at 11. And then it went up. And then it went back down. <laughs> That's interesting. Like, if it's 11, I'm taking ASU all day. Um, 
And then what did it? What is it sitting at now? It is at um, ASU by thirteen. I still like ASU at thirteen. ASU's going to win by two touchdowns. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. If it's if it's Borget, I'm taking ASU, and if it's Emory Jones, I'm going to take Colorado. Because if you take a look, like, and here's why: if you open the box score of some of these games, um, like Washington, right? ASU scored 45 against Washington. Get it? Understand. But Emory Jones was was not great. He got knocked out. Borget comes in, three touchdowns. But look at Holiday, yeah. right? 100, 111 yards. Like, or Valade. Valade is is fine, but he's not great. And unless they unless they're gonna throw the ball around, um, I, I don't want a part of ASU. So I'll, I'll we'll we'll make it. A, I'm gonna make it a game time decision. But like basically, if it's if it's Borget. I'm I'm on ASU and if not I'm going to take Colorado. Which sounds gross, but <laughs> it is what it is. What about you? Are you going to you going to does it matter who I'm the quarterback? I'm taking ASU. Like just give me give me the Sun Devils here. Fade Colorado. Okay. All right. I feel a little better now. I don't I mean like I know it doesn't Colorado matter. Colorado had like their one like jump up and punch someone in the mouth and it just happened to be a terrible Cal team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last game here. Um, oh, and I, and I apologize, Rob. Like I have the numbers in here and they're, they're like, th- these were what I would have bet the games to. So, so Rob's looking at these numbers going like what on earth? Um, and I'll put that, that one in later. Okay. Last game. I already bet this one. Um, USC at Arizona. USC is now a 15 and a half point favorite over Arizona. Um, both teams, I think were on a buy last week. So they were, yeah. This line is dumb, right? This line is so dumb. Like what? <laughs> I, just, I looked at this line and I was like, what? Wait, am I missing something? Like, Now, to be fair, um, to be fair, we said the same thing about the Oregon State-Washington State game about how dumb that line was, and that didn't work out for us. But this line is stupid. Like, I've, I've watched both these teams. I've watched every game from both these teams, and I don't understand. So it's got to be, here's the thing is like, they have to, in part of it has to be that Arizona Washington game, right? Where like Arizona really moved the ball against a horrendous Washington defense. Just like, look, like USC's defense is a little better than Washington's. It's not a lot. It's just a little USC's offense is, is a good margin better than Washington's offense. <laughs> there is just like, I, there is, there's almost no way to describe how bad Arizona's defense is. They are impossibly bad. And I just, I don't think unless USC turns the ball over that Arizona is going to get stops. And I would say, and I think, yeah, yeah. and I think it's going to get, I think Arizona, I think this is one of those games where like, unless USC takes their foot off the gas, like Beta Rank has this, like Beta Rank has this, is this at Arizona? Yeah, Beta Rank has this at 31. Like, I just do not, I saw this, I was like, are you seeing that? Like, like USC, even if they don't win by 30, like the chances that they don't win by three touchdowns just seem incredibly small to me because at some point, Arizona is like USC is going to get one or two more stops than Washington will, and they will score one or two more touchdowns than Washington did. Yeah, it it is at Arizona. That's the one thing. But like the defense is so bad. I mean, it's just if if Arizona's defense was at like seventy or even like bottom eighty, I could I would. Oh, this be- would be a totally different game. Like Beta Rank would have this at like fourteen or fifteen points. Yeah. But it's just, it's awful. Like, USC's going to score 50, like at least 50 in this game. And honestly, like, USC's defense is not great. But, like, Arizona's offense is all big plays. They are at 15 in explosive drives. They struggle with drive efficiency. This is a combination of a little bit of vicious play calling. And the other part is, like, they're really pass-dependent. Like, they're number 13 in effective pass. And, like, they have an opportunity to potentially run the ball in this game. USC's run defense hasn't been great this season. Um, but they 
Delora doesn't complete his passes at a high enough rate. And some of this is like Jed Fish, despite the fact that they don't necessarily run the ball terribly well, they don't have a, um, they just don't have a great short passing game, right? Like almost all, like when you look at Delora, almost all of his passes are routes that are breaking like 10 yards down the field. And he like he's not completing enough of those, right? Like to keep the sticks moving, and they don't have an effective running game to keep the sticks moving. Man, that that's the one. That's the one where it's just, yeah. I g- give me give me USC. I think I think they just stomp on Arizona. They score way too many points to be able to let Arizona cover the spread. And um, and Arizona should have fired its defensive coordinator last week, and they didn't. And that's a that's a problem. <sighs> that's a problem. <laughs> It's the second stubborn move by by Fish, right? He was too stubborn to to move Gunner Cruz last for like three or four weeks, and and this defense is real. Like it's almost it, it was interesting because I, I forget the the gentleman. He was the former SID for Arizona had tweeted out about like how bad the the or you had you had showed you had showed in a um, visual form how bad Arizona's defense was, and like it is the tail end yeah. of the bell curve, like the very tail end. And like he was kind of saying, like, well, we don't need stats to know it's bad. Well, you need stats to, to know how bad this defense right. is, and it's that right. bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think when you say like Arizona has the worst defense in the Pac-12, people are like, yeah, okay, I, they like you don't, but you don't really grasp like how bad. Like Arizona's defense right now is inconceivably bad. I mean, and, and far worse than like recruited where it should be from like the level of players that they've recruited. That's not to say like, I'm not telling you that Arizona should have a good defense based on the players that they have recruited, but they should have a much less bad defense. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and that's the part like, like Lincoln Riley is the best offensive play caller in the conference. He's got the best quarterback in the conference and probably the best collection of talent, you know, skill position talent. And he's got the best offense currently in the conference. Like, they are going to absolutely like it, again. Like the only way, the only way Arizona covers this is if they force like three turnovers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just and I don't trust. I don't trust, and you should not trust Arizona's offense enough to actually make this a game. Because like that game against Washington, where they put up the like. This has far more of the looks for me, like the game against Oregon or the game against Mississippi State, where the offense gets behind, or even the Cal game, where like the defense is so bad that the offense ends up pressing and they're just not consistent enough and they don't have either the play calling or the execution. To, to, to hang with them. Like, I, I think USC is going to put pressure. Like, I think the way you, like USC's offense will end up putting a lot of pressure on Arizona's offense. Um, and I think that'll end up hurting them. Yeah. Okay. It's like two in that Washington game, like a lot, like Arizona put up, you know, like 25 in the second half, you know, like, and they put up like 15 in the fourth quarter when in theory, the game is like largely out of reach too. Like, I mean, Maybe the starters are still in Arizona could backdoor this, but I don't think they're, I, I just, I'd be surprised if they get there without turnovers, I guess. You could, like that's, I just be surprised if they get there without turnovers. Like, I just don't think they have it in them. Um, I don't know. I mean, like they were surprisingly consistent against Washington, but like Washington's past defense is like horrendous. And like Arizona was just able to light them up. USC's, Defense is bad, but it's not like it's not horrendous at anything. Yeah, like the way Washington's past defenses. Like that's the like it, like Washington's like it's sort of like Colorado's run defense. They are so bad that you can you 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 can get almost whatever you want against it. Um, and that's like that's true for Washington. Like that's not quite true for USC's defense. You know, and like Arizona is not in the realm of like, say, Utah's offense or something like that, you know, and they're also like, it's not like they're like, they just don't have like, they don't have the players. They don't have the tradition of execution, like that kind of thing. Like, I just, I'm not, I don't, I I was shocked when this 
line was at 14. Shocked. <laughs> and it get it got bet up, got bet up. So, um, all right, we'll keep a look on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the full slate, Rob. Anything else you want to plug? Anything else going on? No, I'm not going to get to Saturday 6 tonight. Um, I will get to it tomorrow at lunch. Um, yeah, I mean, like, if you, like last week was a bit of a – like, last week was a bananas crazy week in college football. Like, an unusual number of underdogs covered. Um, like, much higher than the normal count of underdogs covered last week. Um, but if you thought FBS football was crazy, so FCS, Mercer, the number one team in beta rank FCS – Went on the road and was minus six on turnovers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like they were playing the number five team in FCS beta rank, so of course they lost. But then Sacramento State, was play, who was number three, was playing number 17 Montana. They were minus four on turnovers and somehow still won. Oh, that's bonkers. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the Duke-Miami game. Eight turnovers. Yeah. Oh, Miami is bad. Like Miami is not just like unlucky. Miami's legitimately bad this season. Oh man. Love picking on them. Love picking on them. I'm sure Oregon fans do as well. All right. Well, Saturday six on YouTube, Sharp College Football, sharpcollegefootball.com where you can find all of your advanced stats and needs. Check us out next week. We will continue to ride through the Pac twelve uh slate and uh and root for them favorites. Root for them favorites this week. All right, guys, catch you later.